presence. We know that you are here. We know that you speak. We know that you are speaking into our lives. And today, our hearts are open to hear from you. Release your word. We are hungry to learn. We are hungry to be impacted by what you have to say to us this morning. So, Lord, speak to us. Reveal yourself to us in this word. Spirit of the living God, use my mouth, use my mind, that I will think your thoughts and speak your words. And ultimately, your, your people will receive an impartation this morning that will impact their lives and the lives of those around them as you intend for it to do. It is in Jesus' name we pray and the church said. I, I, I was going to finish off our series on real faith. You know, I've been talking about real faith and talking about what that means and what that looks like. And we've been digging into that. And I was going to do the last session of that today. But I really felt the Lord speak to me about preaching what I'm going to talk to, to, talk to you about today. I had, um, I thought that, you know, I already had that message and I thought that it was something that he was giving me for one of, uh, you know, I, I, do, I have some, a couple of online platforms where sometimes the things that I don't get to talk about here, I also talk about them on videos and I post them on, on one of these platforms. Um, I, I, and I thought it was one of those messages for that, but it's actually for today and it really pressed it upon my heart to prepare this to speak to you about this today. I want to speak to you about how to love a man. Amen. And the brother said. Amen. <laughs> That's the loudest you ever heard a man speak in church before. I want, to <laughs> I want to speak to you about how to love a man. I want to speak to you about this because I think. Um, the, I was saying to my wife how God is challenging me afresh in my pastoring to not just talk about the theoretical aspects of our theology, the things that affect our lives, but, there are, there are, but, but make sure that there is such wisdom in the house that every single one of us has the appropriate tools to do what we need to do, to live the life that we need to, to live. Are you with me so far? One of the challenges we face as human beings when it comes to this area of love is understanding how to love. Many people, many of us understand the feeling of love. You know, we understand it because everywhere we turn, there is a description of how it feels to love. There is a description of what it feels like in our songs. It, there are descriptions of what, it, what love feels like in our songs. That we are aware of the butterflies in our stomach and, and the fact that, you know, the, 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 you look at your son and, and, and to you or your, your daughter, to you, they're the cutest thing that ever existed just because of the feeling they give you. Amen. Uh, and, and, and we are aware of this feeling, this love feeling. It's everywhere around us. It is what is described prominently all around us. And, 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 and these are the things that we, everyone is aware of when it comes to people that we love. But I have come to understand that the feeling of love is different to loving. There is a difference between feeling love and actually loving somebody. Amen. There is a huge difference between you feeling that you love your child. And then there, and then there is loving your child. Are you with me so far? And I'm not just talking about loving. I'm not speaking this, talking about this today. When I talk about love, you know, not just in, I'm not talking about it primarily in the romantic sense. Every single one of us has a male in your life, so or, or either a work colleague or 
or, or a boss or a friend or there is somebody in your life who is a male that needs to be loved. And I know, in fact, this is really for everyone, even though I am directing it particularly for the gentleman, um, because loving is a different thing to feeling love. Are you with me so far? Romantic love is just one sense of it. And so I'm talking about love in the broadest sense. Love can be felt, but love is not just a feeling. Amen? Amen. That is why you can have people who feel love. They were not lying when they said they loved you. What they didn't know how to do was how to love you. When they said they loved you, they felt it. Amen. But two weeks later, they didn't feel what they felt when they said that. Something has changed. I'm preaching good this morning. The church is already quiet, okay? So look at this. There is a difference between love, uh, feeling love and, uh, and loving. In fact, the, the love is, is love can be felt, but love is primarily a choice that is demonstrated in an action. And in fact, the quality of your love is seen by the quality of the action. Okay, the quality of love that you profess is demonstrated in the quality of the action you take to back up the love. So when, when you say, show me some love, that doesn't mean just tell me you love me. It literally means show me some love. Because love is an action. Love is a feeling that needs to be demonstrated. Okay, it needs to be demonstrated. You know the famous scripture, John 3, 16. I love that scripture so much. It, 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 as famous as it is, God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Check, check this out. God loved the world. He loved mankind. And so look at what he did. He found out what is the thing that man, mankind needed the most. What is the thing that mankind needed the most? And look what he did. He, mankind needed a savior the most. So what did he do? He provided a savior. Now, not just any savior. He provided the best savior that he can, God could possibly provide. It couldn't get better than Jesus Christ. Because here is what love looks like. Love is not just loving you how I like to be loved. Love is investigating what, how you like your cup of tea and making it the way you like it. Because the fact that I say that I love you, and, I, and, and this, is, this is particularly in, in, in marriage, um, you know, the, man's, the man will be happy to demonstrate his love for me, <laughs> for me, my love is demonstrated in the fact that I'm here. <laughs> Don't shout me down. I'm here. What else do you need? This is quality time. You are there. I can see you. You are here. I'm, I'm, I can't, we're, we're in the same room. So for me, I'm, I'm cool. This is quality time. But she needs, she, she would walk away from there and say, I, I, I really feel like we haven't, uh, I feel we haven't connected. I said, what, what other kind of connection do we need? <laughs> Amen. Because it's different for both of us. It is different. Now, now we are, I am, I am, and, and the frustration is, is you in your, as, as a guy, I'm thinking, I am showing you love. 
And she's thinking, I am showing you love. But the thing is that we're not hearing one another. Amen. Now, I'm using that example, but it's the same for your son. It is the same for your brother. It is the same for every man, for, for, for your daughter. Everyone in your life, it is important that if you are truly, and, and as Christians, this is why we, must, we can't love people with a template. You see what I mean? You, you, can't, you can't just, you know, the next time you tell somebody Jesus loves you, make sure you see them. Big, have you ever heard a Christian tell you Jesus loves you and they didn't even look into your eye? They didn't, they didn't connect. They just, amen. You know when somebody tells you God bless you and they didn't really, there was no connection. The point I'm making is if we are going to be effective in loving, and that's what this is all about. If we're going to be effective in loving, we're going to have to pay attention to people. We're going to have to pay attention to what they like. We're going to have to pay attention to their mannerisms. If you're going to be effective in loving your children, you're going to have to discover, I'm, I'm discovering that my daughter is different to my son. I need to find out I can't love them all the same. I can't just say, well, there's a roof over your head. That's love. That is love, but it might not be what they need. Love, it is important that when we are loving, we go beyond what we feel, but we invest in the person we say we love. And this is why you can't have too many friends. Because loving costs. You can't have 100 friends and love them all the same. Why? Because you, you need to be invested. In order to truly love, it requires an investment in people, which means you can't really, I, I mean, you, maybe you're Superman or Superwoman, but hey, you get the point I'm making. Are you with me so far? And so what we want to do is make sure that we are, we are, real love looks like this. Real love looks at, looks at what is required and doing your best to satisfy that need. Because love is about being willing, and check this out, being willing to, uh, to love appropriately. Amen? There is an appropriate way for me to love you. There is an appropriate, there is an inappropriate, there are some ways that I will love my wife that if I brought it your way, you will call the police. Because it is love, but it is... In Are you ready for real talk this morning? Amen. I, 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 we're just going to talk. Because it is love, but some, some ways are inappropriate. The way you, you were talking to your former girlfriend is not the way to talk to this one. She is different. Hello. She is... Amen. The way you used to handle your... Is, this one is different. You think all men are dogs... Because the last one was, this is not a dog. This is a man. And the brother said, <laughs> And so look at this. The point I'm making is if you are going to, now if you're not interested in loving effectively, I don't know about you, um, everything about my life, I, I don't want to, I, I hate wasting time. Do you know, one, I can't, one of the things I can't, hand, I can't do well is small talk. Now, there's nothing wrong with small talk, but do you know why I don't like small talk? Because I'd rather us just sit down and just look at one another. If we don't have anything to say, let's not, let's not talk. That's it. Amen. No, no. <laughs> why? Because I don't, I don't see the point in just throwing words that don't mean anything. We might as well just kind of sit down. I'm happy. 
Silence is not, you know, I can handle awkward silences. I don't need to say stuff. The point I'm making is that I want to be effective. Everyone say effective. In other words, I don't want to waste my life just kind of coasting through. And so it, it, it's the same thing in your relationship. Whatever kind of relationship it is, today I'm, I'm kind of channeling this towards the men in your life. And I'm not just talking to you ladies. I'm talking to you brothers because there are other, other men in your life as well that we all need to love appropriately. Amen? Everyone say appropriately. We all need to love in the right way. And, and these things that we are going to look at today, my faith is that it will equip you to love better. Listen, we are called to love. If there is one thing that a Christian must know how to do, it is to love. Amen? Thank God for the ability to pray in tongues. Thank God for the ability to cast out demons. Thank God for the ability to call down fire from heaven. But what God requires of you is to learn how to love. Amen? Because it is by your, by your love shall they know that you belong to him. Are you with me so far? And so I've made a list of four or five different things. I'll see how we're getting on. That will help us go beyond that warm, fuzzy feeling you feel for your friend or that, that, that you know, that, you know, some people you just connect with or the, 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 your husband or your brother to go beyond it and make sure that you are making a mark. Let, let me say something else as well. I used to think that as a, as a boy, I would grow up and I would become a man. But the reality is males can grow up. Not every male grows up to be a man. It is possible for you to grow up and still be a boy. Amen. Because being a male is a function of biology. But being a man is a function of certain decisions. It is a function of certain things that when God created Adam and Eve, he said after he created Adam, he made Eve because he saw that the man needs help. <laughs> we, we need help. Now, now everybody needs help. Tell neighbor, neighbor. Come on, particularly brother, if you were sitting next to someone who was sniggering that you need help, tell them you need help too. Okay, so all of us need help, but God particularly identified that a brother needs help. We, we in order, I, I have discovered that in order for me to become a man, there are certain things and this is why I thank God for people that he has put in our, in our lives. Because we all need, there, there is an aspect of me being a man that I will never discover without my wife. There is an aspect of me being a man that, that I will never discover without you to pastor. There is an aspect of being a man that I will never discover without my brothers, without my sister. Are you with me so far? Because, because all of us are called to be this unit and every joint supplies something. The point I'm trying to make is that just because you have a son, your son is not just going to grow up and grow tall and become a man because of the muscles and all the other things he has. In fact, we see it in our society right now where you have big but big males who don't know what it means to be a man and are causing havoc. Amen. Because they are, we can grow up to be males, but not know how to be a man. 
The point I'm making is particularly every single one of us, there is something you can contribute to helping your son, to helping your brother, to helping your cousin, to helping your husband, your boyfriend, whoever it is, your fiance, whatever it is, to be, whoever it is to become a man. Are you with me so far? Now, everything that I'm going to talk about here, I, I, I think it applies to every human being. But if you leave this out for the brother, I promise you, you're leaving out significant things. Okay, so the first one, the first one, are you, are you ready to hear, to learn today? Amen? Praise God. The first one, 1 Samuel chapter 10. 1 Samuel chapter 10. How to love a man. Number one, respect him even when he hasn't earned it. 1 Samuel chapter 10. I can see some of you thinking, <laughs> Pastor, <laughs> please, amen. I can see you. I can hear you. know I can hear your heart. I can hear your thoughts. <laughs> amen. Just go with me to the scripture. Hey, neighbor, neighbor, don't switch off yet. <laughs> First Samuel. First Samuel chapter 10. I said, number one, respect him even when he hasn't earned it. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm just saying to the people you are intending to love. Amen? To the people in your life. First Samuel chapter 10. Look at verse 20. It says, when Samuel had all Israel come forward by tribes, the tribe of Benjamin was taken by Lot. Verse 21, then he brought, he brought forward the tribe of Benjamin clan by clan, and Matri's clan was taken. Finally, Saul, son of Kish, was taken. But when they looked for him, he was not to be found. Now, let me just set the scene here. Here is the scene. If you read, if you read previous chapters um, to this, Samuel had found Saul and said, Saul, you are going to be king. In fact, he had already anointed him king. So all of this arrangement what had to do with the inauguration of the new king. Amen? It, it had to do with the inauguration of the new king. And Samuel had prepared everything that is required. He has called all the clans, done all the selecting, you know, moved the things around, rearranged and set the stage up. And so he sets everything, but when they looked for Saul, he was not to be found. When they looked for him, he was not to be found. He was nowhere to be found. Imagine being in a place. How many people have ever made plans with your boy? You made plans with this guy you were going to go on a date with. You made plans with your son. You made plans for your son. But when the time came, he was nowhere, <laughs> nowhere to be found. Don't you just hate it when you need him and he's not there? If there, was, if there is any time that a man loses respect, it is when he doesn't keep his word. It is when he is not dependable. Okay, when, uh, when uh, gentlemen, you know, regardless of, regardless of what you do, regardless of what you have or what you don't have, one thing that you must have is, is consistency. Amen? Faithfulness to be where you need to be when you need to be there. If you say you're going to be there at nine, be there at 9. Amen. In fact, be there at 
Amen. There is something about, about being where we need to be at the right time. And, and, and this is one of the things I hear, particularly for those whose parents have not been, whose fathers particularly have, have not been around to, to watch them grow up. Many of them have done really well for themselves but, and, and in many ways overcome the, the challenges that come with that. However, every one of them that I've spoken to will, will find an area of pain and the thing that still hurts is the fact that when they needed him the most, he was nowhere to be found. This is what ha- what's happening with Saul. They looked for him, but they couldn't find him. So right now, Uncle Saul is not deserving or commanding any respect. Because he has been anointed king, but he is nowhere to be found. Now check out verse 22. So they inquired further of the Lord. <laughs> you know it's serious when they have to go to God <laughs> to find out where you are. Lord, Lord, where where is he? Because they searched everywhere, and now they're looking to God to direct them. So they inquired further of the Lord, has the man come here yet? And the Lord said, yes, he is here. And he has hidden himself among the supplies. Some translations say among the baggage. You know, most translations say he, he hid behind the baggage and you know although i'm talking talking about men but really this is everyone this is all of us the the fact that every now and again we hide behind our baggage we hide behind the stuff that challenges you you know when you imagine the kind of man that you want to be you want to be with as a single woman you don't imagine a man who will hide behind his baggage when you imagine the kind of son you would like to have when you, you don't you don't imagine a son who will be hiding when he has been anointed king. When you, when you imagine the kind of friend, boy, the, the, the kind of friends that you want to have as a gentleman, the kind of men that you want to hang around with, the kind of people that you want. You don't want somebody hiding behind all the different, and, and by the way, every single one of us has baggages. I know you look like you look so good on a Sunday morning and you smell nice, but you left your baggage. And some of you brought your baggage to church but you're just keeping it down. But all of us have baggages. Amen. Tell neighbor, you too. <laughs> they're, looking, they're looking holy. Look, all, all of us have, 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 have our baggage, our work baggage, our I'm too busy baggage, our, 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 you, know, you know, it's just too challenging for me baggage, or this is not my thing, but all kinds of baggage that we hide behind. And so right now, it's not looking good for Saul because they're looking for him to step up to the plate, to step up to the place that he is called to, and he's hiding behind the baggage. And, and look at verse 23, because this is where my point is. Then the Bible says, they ran and brought him out. And as he, may God send people who will bring you out of your baggage. Amen. I, someone say amen. You know it's a blessing to find people, imagine being called. And if you read the next, the next line says, uh, and they brought him out and he stood among the people and was head and shoulders than any or any others. This guy was already head and shoulders above his peers, yet he was hiding. So I'm grateful for people who came to find me. 
I'm grateful for people who don't leave you where you are. I'm grateful for people who will inquire of the Lord to say, what's going on with Chido? I haven't seen him. And you will come and get me when I'm being stupid. Are you with me so far? We all need people who will come and drag us out of behind the baggage because even though you are hiding, you are heads and shoulders above your peers. There are aspects of your life that nobody can compare with you. No one can compete with you. It might feel intimidating, Saul, but you are born for this. You are, you are already anointed for this. And if you come and stand in the place that you are called to stand, you will find that you are heads. And shoulders above your peers. So I thank God for those who came and brought him out. May God send you people to bring you out. Amen. Amen. Someone say, God, send me people who will bring me out from behind my baggage. So look at this. Look at this. Verse 24 says, and Samuel said to all the people, do you see the man that the Lord has chosen? Now, this conversation could go anywhere from here. Because he could say, do you see the man that, can you see the idiot that God, let me me say like a Nigerian. Can you see this? (laughs) Can you see the fool? Come here. This is the fool God has called called you to. Because, you know, the story of this, you know, know, Samuel was was already upset. God was already upset that they were asking for a king. Because God wanted to be their king, and they wanted people. So Samuel already told them that, look, you are, you are missing out. You want to be like all the other nations. But let me tell you, the person who will step up will not, not be anything like God. So this was a perfect opportunity for Samuel to preach that message again. To tell the people, look, listen, people, you, you, see, you see what I told you? You see, you see he's hiding. This is, this is the king you're choosing. But he doesn't do that. He says, there is no one like him among the people. Then the people shouted, long live the king. Now, we all know that Saul had issues going on. Again, that's no different to any one of us. But Saul was anointed to be king. And all he needed was somebody to respect the grace of God upon his life, even when he was hiding behind the baggage. When you choose not to respect, let me, let me say this first. Respect is supposed to be earned. Okay? Respect is not deserved. Respect is earned. Amen? As a pastor, you, and, and most of you know, I, I won't barge into your life just because I have the badge of pastor. Until I earn the, the opportunity to speak into your life, you won't hear me asking you those things. Are you with me so far? Because, because, because if you have to band around your badge to get into certain places, you, you don't have what it takes to lead. Respect is earned, and every wise man, teach your son, teach your brothers. No, you earn respect. Amen? However, now I'm talking about loving him. However, choosing to only respect him when he is deserving of respect, is like saying, I'm not going to water this tree because there is no fruit on it. So because you didn't see fruit on the tree, you say, well, this tree does not deserve to be watered. Now you have a choice. 
There are some trees <laughs> that don't deserve that water from you. Amen. You met this guy. Listen, some people, he said he's going to be there at this time, and he wasn't there. And he's calling, not making, not even apologizing. You're not seeing fruit on this tree. Do not water this tree. Because where this tree is taking you, if we shake this tree, the things that will fall off this tree, you don't want to eat. Are you with me so far? So, so, so I'm, talking about, I'm talking about the ones in your house. The one, your son. I'm talking about brothers. I'm talking about your friends. I'm talking about those that you have a relationship with. And, and it, I pray that you have people in your life that you have a covenant relationship with. I'm talking about those that you are, you are tied to in one way or the other. If we are going to grow them, there are some people that you don't have the responsibility to grow. There are others that you do. Okay? Now, for these people, what you want to do, if you, if you decide, if you are going to help them, you can make a decision, I'm not going to respect you because you don't deserve it. Or you can say, I'm going to give you the respect that you are due. And don't worry, we're, we're talking about other things that will put Bala. I know all kinds of questions are popping into your head. What if I respect him? And no, just leave all of that. Just listen. Hey, neighbor, neighbor, leave all those things and just listen for a second. <laughs> okay. The point I'm making, if you want your son to grow up, single mom, you can't keep disrespecting his opinions. You, as little as he is, there is a need. I, I, I didn't want to go through Ephesians 5 today because we could have gone through Ephesians 5, but I didn't want you to be thinking about this in the context of marriage only. Uh, that is why God, in speaking to us in marriage, to married folk, he tells the, the, the husband to love the wife, and then he tells the wife to respect the husband. Not because the wife does not deserve respect or the man does not need to be loved, but there is something in a man that needs re respect, that needs to be honored. I don't know what it is, but it's just the way it is. Another day we can talk about it. But, but are you with me so far? That just needs, there is this respect. If your boy is going to ever learn to be a man, he's got to taste respect. In order to know that this is what, and, and if you respect him, he will recognize, I want this in my life. And he will do it in the right way. If you don't respect him, he will find that respect in the wrong way. So if you want to help him become the man that he has been called to be, if you want to help Saul, I know he's been hiding behind the baggage. But respect him, even though he doesn't deserve. There is respect, you can respect and put boundaries in place. There are all kinds of things. And God will give you wisdom for that. Amen? Is this helping somebody? Number two. Number two. This is a good one. Call out his foolishness without calling him a fool. Or drink water on that one. <laughs> Call out his foolishness. See, let me just, I, I haven't got time. Every man needs people who will confront him. Amen? The way you confront me is different to the way you confront your neighbor. I'll show you two, two different examples. But, but you can't be raising your son and never confronting him. You can't be saying, oh, you know boys. No, we don't know boys. You are not. Amen. 
Amen. Because, be, be, because every man needs to be co- confront the four-year-old and ask him, why did you do that? Is that the right thing to do? We need to be conf- Listen, we don't do hints. Amen. We learn. We get better. But generally speaking, if you don't tell me, it didn't happen. That's your problem. Because you are convinced that you've been telling him about that shelf. He is looking at the facts. The last three conversations we had was just about the position of the shelf. In that conversation, you didn't say anything about Cheeto fix the shelf. You didn't say that. You just said it's wonky. I said, oh, it's true, it's wonky. (laughs) It was a conversation. (laughs) (laughs) It was just, I thought we were just talking. It was quality time. We were having a (laughs) conversation. And so if you want this shelf fixed, dude, get your, amen. So every man, we all need, if you show me a man that doesn't need, that doesn't like or is not ready to handle confrontation in the right way, I'll show you a boy who is yet to grow up to be a man. Real men, we grow up and we're okay with confrontation. And we know how to handle confrontation. You know, you know what I mean? We, we, he needs to be confronted. But be careful uh, of what you say in, in confronting somebody because the other side of this is that if you, if you call him a fool because he did something foolish, he can spend his whole life trying to prove to you that he is not foolish because words stick. Okay? Words, they stick. And so you can... You can confront his foolishness without calling him a fool. And that's what he needs. There are two examples I love. And this is all about David. The first one was Nathan. Um, David, David, you know, you know the story of David in, in, the book of, in the book of 1 Samuel as well. David takes Bathsheba, you know, Uriah's wife, and, and he takes her to be his wife. Uh, and, and one day he's in the palace just sitting, sitting down. And Nathan, his, his prophet, the prophet, the man of God, comes in and tells David about this story about a man who only had one sheep and, 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 and this man just had one sheep and, and there was another man who had lots of sheep and, and this man who had a lot came and he took the one and, and, and Nathan is telling this story about this man and David is, who, who, who is this man? Let us get him. Let us, and David is waxing eloquent. Amen. Don't be too quick. And Chido, leave that alone. Don't be too quick to kind of put your mouth and make a conclusion on a matter. I, I, one thing I'm, I've learned is, you know, <laughs> it, 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 there are so many things you don't know. Amen? In, in many situations, particularly to do with people, your ignorance is greater than what you know. In other words, there are more things you don't know than there are things that you know. And so at every point in time, particularly if you are telling me about another person... I would listen to you, and, and the frust- as a pastor, one of the things I've, I know frustrates people is that you come and tell me about your neighbor, but I'll be asking you about you. And I'll start to talk to you about what you did because your neighbor is not here right now. Well, who is here is you. And besides, you only tell me what you know. I'm not saying you're lying. 
I'm just saying that until both parties have spoken, you don't really know. And in fact, even when both parties speak, there are still some things you don't know. And so, and so anyway, so, so, so Nathan confronts David, and David waxes eloquent, and, and, and Nathan eventually says to David, David, it's you. Everyone in our lives, we need somebody like Nathan to say, dude, stop it. What you have done is wrong. Everyone in our lives, every man, your son needs to know that as a father, you will not let him get away with nonsense, that you will confront him and look him in the eye and say, boy, we don't talk to our mothers that way. You don't talk to women that way. You don't treat people that way. That is not right. We don't dance around. Don't, you know, there is a part of you that, 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 that feels a little bit proud when your son does something mischievous. Don't shout me down. The fathers will know what I'm talking about. But, but at the same time, we do have a responsibility to not just kind of feed that. Look at, oh, look at him, cheeky boy. Oh, no, no. Call that boy because he will grow up to be a teenager. I was looking at the parents one day, and the boy was acting up with little girls in the park, and he was like, you cheeky boy. Come on. No, you better tell that boy that this is not how we treat girls. Because at every age, Amen. At every age, if you want to really love this boy, if you want to really, brothers, if you really want to love your friend, don't just say, dude, how you treated that girl. No, 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 confront him. Confront your brother and say, no, boy, we are better than this. We don't do this. I'm preaching good this morning. Because to love, you can't love, you can't really love a man until you learn to confront him. Nathan confronted him directly. I like, I like Abigail also confronted David. These are two different tactics. Uh, Abigail, who is um, the wife of Nabal, whose name means fool, in 1 Samuel chapter 25. Are you with me so far? I hope this is helping somebody today. 1 Samuel chapter 25. I'm going to read from verse 26 because I love this confrontation because confrontation comes in different ways and God will give you wisdom to confront the man in your life in the right way. But the truth is that he needs to be confronted. Nathan confronted him straight on. David, it's you. You're acting up. And David, being a man of character that he is, he just repented. Amen? Look at, look, look at um, how Abigail confronts. This is, this is Abigail. Amen? First uh, Samuel 25 uh, verse 26 says, now my Lord, so you know the story of David and, uh, and Abigail. David asked Nabal, who is Abigail's husband, for something, and Nabal was drunk and just kind of uh, dishonored David. And David was on his way now. He said, how dare you dishonor me? I'm going to come to your house, and I'll kill every man in your house. So this is what David is on the way to go and do. Abigail, who is Nabal's wife, hears about this and says, and makes arrangement to meet David. So check out what he says. He says, now therefore, my Lord, as the Lord lives and your soul lives. Can you just see the sweet, sweet, can, can you just see, can, are you listening? Look at this. As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, since the Lord has held you back from coming to bloodshed and from avenging yourself with your own hand, now then let your enemies and those who seek harm, let them be as my Lord neighbor. Now notice that she's talking about Nabal. Nabal is not there. I'm going to leave that alone. Leave that alone. Don't call him a fool in his... 
we all know when he's acting up the fool. There is a place. I'm going to leave that alone. You're, you're not ready. Verse 27, let's go on because I want to show you something else. And now this present which your maidservant has brought to my Lord, let it be given to, to the young. To the young men who follow my Lord. Verse 28, I want to show you something in verse 28. Please forgive the trespass of your maidservant, for the Lord will certainly make for my Lord an enduring house. Now, now imagine this. David is on his way to cut down Nabal and the guys in his house. And suddenly there is somebody who confronts him. Look what she does before, before we go any further. Regardless of how sweetly she is speaking. If the story says that she stood in front of David, she still confronts him on the path that he's taken. Do you get my point? In other words, even though she's talking sweetly, what she did do is stop him in his tracks. Because sometimes you don't always have to be fighting in order to stop someone in their tracks. God can give you the anointing, the grace. To stop somebody angry in their tracks without you pulling out your sword or cursing their mama. So look at this. So, so she goes on. She goes on and she says, because my Lord fights the battle. Because my Lord, i.e. because you, David, my Lord, fights the battle of the Lord, the big Lord. And uh, check out this line made me, literally made me laugh. And evil is not found in you throughout all your days. No, you didn't get that. In other words, she shows up to David. Look at how the New Living Translation puts it. He says, and you have not done wrong throughout your entire life. What? What, who, who, who? <laughs> what is she trying to do? She's speaking to the king. This guy is already on the track to go do wrong. And she says, come on, David. You have not done wrong throughout your days. Everyone says sweet talk. And so even, look at this, verse 29 says, even when you are chased, those who seek to kill you, your life is safe in the care of the Lord. She's reminding him of God, secure in his treasure pouch, but lives of your enemies will disappear like stones shot from a sling. David is now remembering, actually there's a God who fights my battle. When the Lord has done all he has promised, and he has made you leader of Israel, now she's speaking into his future, reminding him that you're about to do something, but God has called you to a great future. It is important. This is why I say we invest in people that we are in relationship with so that you know where they are going. If you don't know that this person is David, anointed to be leader of Israel one day, you will not have something that you can use to distract him from the foolishness. Some days the brother just needs to know that you know that he is called. And she says, she says, God will make you leader over Israel. And look at verse 31. She says, please do not let this blemish. Do not let this be a blemish on your record. Then your conscience won't have to bear the staggering burden of needless bloodshed and vengeance. And the Lord, and when the Lord has done these great things for you, please remember me, your servant. Do you see what she did there? She stepped into, she confronted him no different to Nathan. But the, in other words, she, she looked him in the eye. She stopped him in the track. But the way she spoke to him was more about, I see greatness in you. This is a stupid move. If you make this move, the greatness in you will be, dis, you, it will distract from the great place that God is taking you. Both of them are ways to confront. 
And in your relationship with the men in your life, God will give you the wisdom. Because the way to confront, the way that Abigail confronts David is different to the way that Nathan confronts David. Amen? The way that I will confront you is different to to the way that I will confront the next person. For many reasons, our relationships are different, and you are different. I am a different person in your life than I am in this person's life. And so you can't confront everyone the same way, but God will give you wisdom to know how to confront your son. There are some of your children, if you confront them the way you confronted your daughter, he will do it. You say, don't do it. says, I'm, I'm sitting down, but I'm standing up on the inside. He, amen. But he's learning, he's learning the people. Tell your neighbor, learn your neighbor. Learn the people around you and learn. How they, Abigail understood, no, this is David. He is, he is angry, he is powerful, he is going somewhere, but I also know that God has called him. And so what I will do is remind him of his destiny, because you don't want a thing as stupid as this to distract you from that. Call, call him out on his foolishness, but don't call him a fool. Amen? Because God hasn't made him a, a fool. God has made him a king. We act stupid, and you know yourself, sometimes you do stupid things. We all do foolish things, and we need people around us who will not be afraid to say, dude, stop it. But at the same time, remind you of what you are called for. Can you take one more? Don't abuse his vulnerabilities. Don't abuse, you know, the the more you get into a relationship with him, he will show you his vulnerable side. He He will, you know, and it takes time for some of us longer than others, Okay. But, but he will show you his vulnerabilities. Proverbs chapter 12, verse, verse 7. This is talking about relationships. Proverbs 12, 7, I believe it says, An excellent wife is a crown of her husband, but she who brings shame is like rottenness in his bones. Uh, the, the last thing you want to do, a, a man will not continue to open to somebody who takes the, 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 the vulnerable things they told you. And I'm not just talking about a man. I'm talking about your boy. You know, as a mother, you speak to your, don't go tell all your girlfriends about all the stupid things that he did at home. You are already putting, and you, it's cute, and it's making you laugh, but you don't know what you're doing to that boy. Because he won't be opening up to you. Amen? So, so understand, no, no, he doesn't, if he tells you, if he says something stupid, he needs to know, every man needs to know that either the, the woman in his life or the other male friends in my life, they are people who will not use my vulnerability against me. They would not use it as a weapon in any way to be something that now turns around to hurt me. It is important that if you are going to love a man, love your cousin, love that male in your life, steward his vulnerabilities carefully. Again, I know that this is not just for men. This is really everybody, okay? But we steward the vulnerabilities of one another carefully because, you know, the reason he didn't tell you He's not going to tell you again how he messed up. Because the last time he messed up, oh my days, you called your mother, you called your girlfriends, you, 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 you kind of said it on, you, can, you, know, can, you know when you kind of say something but you don't say it? You said it on Facebook. <laughs> and now you come back and, and, and after you make up, you want him to tell you again. 
And the brother will just look at you and say, dude, you're not even ready for this. Amen. Because if I, and here is the thing. Can I tell you the truth? Here is the thing with vulnerabilities. You only see just a little bit. Amen. One guy says, if you are freaking out because I showed you that, what would you do if I told you what's really going on? Amen. He needs somebody who is not going to shame him. A, a, a shame sticks to a man like rottenness in his bones. That's what that scripture is saying. Shame, you know, the last thing you want to do is shame your man. Shame your friend. Don't be that person who wants to shame them. You are destroying the potential to be a man. You are, you are destroying them in their bones. Amen? Hallelujah. I got one more. Mm. Yeah, let me do this one. Let him know you need him. Let him know you need him. Let him know you need him. We live in a time where, you know, um, particularly in this day and age where there is more communication. Um, uh, th there, there is a time, I think we live in a time where, looking for the best way to put this, where um, in many cases, particularly in days like this, there has been where, where women are having to step up to the plate in many occasions, in many households, um, because, they, because of an absent father. And, 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 you know, don't always assume that the father is absent because he was a deadbeat. There are, there are so many, it's more complex than that in many cases. But it doesn't negate the fact that there is, there is a gap there. Amen? I think one of the mistakes, are you listening to me? I think one of the mistakes that we are making in society is to, is to cancel out the need for a father. Because as a mother, you're doing a wonderful job, amen, in raising wholesome children. And, 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 and so one of the things that we can do sometimes is because you have been doing a great job without the father, you start to tell your son, look, the next the day he was crying about his dad. You tell him, we don't need him. Don't say that. This is why, this is why you know, um, we had this conversation as staff one time because we were talking about celebrating Father's Day like this. And there was a suggestion that said, oh, what about, what about the mothers who are stepping in? I say, well, thank God for them, but they are not fathers. Listen, mothers cannot be fathers. It doesn't, it doesn't change, it doesn't change the amazing work you are doing in the absence of this man. It doesn't change that. It doesn't take anything away from that. But the reality is, he is needed. Because if this young boy grows up thinking, listen, I don't need my dad because I'm okay with just my mom. He will perpetuate the cycle where he has children and think, I don't need to be present because my dad wasn't present. And so the point I'm making... Men need to know you are needed. We need you. I'm having to step up, but you, now this doesn't take away from your strength. 
as a woman. It doesn't take away, and this is the other thing that we miss, we, we're also in a time where we're, we are fighting against um, a, a society that puts down women and makes them inferior to men, and that is wrong, and I think it is of God to raise up women, to wake women up, to say, no, you are not inferior to any man because you are a woman, but that does not mean that the role of the man is no longer required. We struggle with balance in our society where if we are raising the oppressed up, we think we have to put the oppressor down. We need to teach the oppressor, oppressor not to continue to oppress, but we don't raise one up at the expense of the other. And this is why, you know, we're, this, this, this gets me. We're in the place where, can I, let me just talk about it since I'm here. We're in a place where we're, we're, we're constantly fighting, and I think it's right, constantly fighting. Oh, you know, at the Grand Prix, women shouldn't be doing the flag or whatever other things. We should, they shouldn't be wearing the skimpy outfits, and, and I agree with that. We should stop all of that because it is demeaning. That, that's my personal opinion. However, on the other hand, you watch on TV and there are women who are pulling up men with their six-pack, and it's okay. Don't shout me down. It's not because I don't have a six-pack. I'm working on it, okay? So, so, it's not. <laughs> so, but the, the point I'm making is that you see it in society now where we're saying do not ogle, don't just keep wolf whistle a woman, but women are now doing it to men. And they think it's okay. We are creating a, a warped society. There needs to be that balance. If we're saying it's not okay to... This has come out of me like, oh my God. You know, I've been thinking about this a lot. If we're saying it's not okay to do it to women, let's not do it to men. Let's not... But that was beside the point. The point I was making <laughs> was that he needs to know you need him. Men, don't, we don't like to be in a place we're not needed. If you don't need me, I don't need to be here. That's why he will hang with his friends. Yeah? He will hang with his friends. His friends need him. And they say, you know, we, we really need you, boy. We need to, we need, what do they need you? Just to, just to watch the football. That's what they, and he will place such a premium on that because you said you don't need him. I am preaching good this morning. So it is, no matter how strong you are, it doesn't take away from your independence. I'm, I'm particularly channeling this towards women because I think we live in this world now where the independent, Beyonce was in, was in, was it, was in London this weekend. So whoa, you're the, the woman power. Like, that, that's good. Please, please, please be that. That's who you are called to be. But that does not mean that you put down the men in your life or the men in society, I don't believe that that is godly because both people have roles to play and it's important that if you are going to love this man correctly, see, your man will always gravitate to the person who needs him. The person who can, it doesn't matter what they need him for. If they can demonstrate that they need him more than you are demonstrating that you need him, he will, they will have his attention because we don't like to spend our energy in the places that we're not needed. Amen? Show him you need him. And he will rise up to, to, to the occasion. You know, leave his spot. Amen? If, if, you are, if you're a single mom and, and, and the father of your child is not, is not around and he's been playing up, don't, don't, don't look to replace First of all, you can't replace him. Don't look to replace him. No, tell your boy, you know what, we will be okay. But this is the gap that your dad has left. Are you with me so far? 
let him grow up knowing that men are needed. So that when he grows up, his decision will not be, I'm going to do it and do the same because, uh, look, I'm, I'm all right. He will be fine. No. His decision will be, no, 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 I am needed. So I pull, pull my act together. I have to park it there, but I feel like I could preach a little bit more. Amen. Amen. Well, let, have you learned something today? Yes. Listen, listen. We all need help. Amen. We all need help. We, 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 gentlemen, we need help. And we're not even ashamed to say that we need help. It is not a thing of shame. It is a thing to be proud to say, look, I want to become all that I am called to be. We need help. Men are dying because they're not speaking out for help. Men still have the highest rate, highest rate of suicide in our society because our society feels like you're a man. You should stand by yourself. No, we need help. Amen? And the more you, you offer that help, you make it easier for them to ask. You make it, you could save a life by just being honest and loving them appropriately and seeing them as you should see. Love that boy. He starts from the little boy that you have. Your cousin that, that, that you hang out with, you can make a difference. The, 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 the person at work, you can make a difference. Are you with me so far? We can love them appropriately and I think that I believe with all my heart that this is what we are called to do. This is how we change society. We change society in the spiritual realm by praying in tongues and all the sp wonderful things that we do. But most of the highest work that we can do to change our society is what you do. And I'm going to say this, you, what you do with the men in your life. If you treat them right, if you love them right, we are, we, you, you are setting society up to be everything God has called it to be. Amen? Have you been blessed this morning? Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. Father, we just receive your grace. Thank you for being so gracious to us. Thank you for being all that you are to us. This morning, we say, God, it is you. This morning, we rely on your, great, on your faithfulness. We rely on your grace. We rely on you to help us with those who are around us. We love you so much, and we love you because you first loved us. I pray for, every, for everything we have looked at in your word. Holy Spirit, you continue to teach and bring these things alive in the lives of these ones. It is in Jesus' name we pray, and those who believe said, Come on, give the Lord one more hand of praise.